Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. popular theme for stories throughout the centuries is the one that concerns the worm who turned. We can all identify with him. For many of us during our lives have had to bite our lips and accept the cards fate dealt us to one degree or another. But Herbert Quint had made such a career of groveling that when he finally turned, his revenge was so horrendous that... But then, after all, that's today's story, and you can hear it for yourselves. Do you know, Mr. Bell, a plant like this you can talk to, and he'll give you an affection you can't believe. A potted flower like that? (laughs) What can he offer me? Just put him by your bedside tonight, and you'll know what I mean by morning. Our mystery drama, The Vampire Plant was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Robert Dryden. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Hubbard Quint is what in more naive times before the popularity of psychiatry used to be called a mother's boy. Now in these days of unisex That isn't necessarily a term of opprobrium, but in Hubby's case, because that's what everyone called him, it might be considered so. For Hubby was 34 going on 35. He lived alone with Bertie, for that's what everyone called his mother, with no romance in his life. And on the surface, seemed to accept it. It's very easy to criticize, Mom. She's not a well woman. And then she had such a hard life after Father died so early and all. Sometimes I think, though, it might have been easier if I'd controlled the burglar alarm business my father left. But then he didn't leave it to me. It's really all the blows she suffered that made her the way she is. She can't help it. Yes, Mom? What are you doing? Where are you? Well, I've I've just finished cleaning up, Mom. You get in here to my room. I need you. Coming, Mom. Uh, you, you all right? Of course. I'm not all right. You know I need help to get into bed. Yes, Mom. What were you doing taking so long? Well, I had to clear the table and straighten up the dining room and wash and dry the dishes and put them away. Then I had to put out the garbage and lock up. You sure you weren't sneaking a look at TV? Oh, no, no. There's nothing on tonight, anyway. Hmm. Uh, what did you want me for, Mom? I'm a poor old woman. Crippled with arthritis, but no one cares. Not even my one and only son. Oh, Mom, that's not true. I don't like to see you in pain. Then why can't you remember my bedtime? Well, I... I was busy. I guess I just didn't see what time it was. Night after night. When you know I haven't the strength to get out of my chair and into bed. I'll help you now, Mom. Careful. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, there. 
Well, keep your arm still so I can lean on it to get to the bed. Like that? Well, never not. It doesn't matter. I'm there now. Get my robe off. Yes. That's it? Oh, my poor old bones. Look at that. Where does the time go to? It's late. It's just ten o'clock. It's five after. You know I should be asleep now for my health. So should you. Mom, I'm not due to work till 8.30. Yes, but by the time you make breakfast and bring up my tray, prepare my lunch and get everything ready for dinner, you need to be up by 6. Uh, yes, Mom. Well, tuck me in. All right. There. Oh. How's that? Oh, I don't know what I'd do without you. You won't ever leave me, will you, hubby? Well... Thomas, you'll be with me till I draw my last breath. I promise. Uh, with my boy close by my side, I'll live forever. I hope you do, Mom. That wasn't the truth, I'm ashamed to say. Taking care of my mother is what you could say confining... I don't have much time to myself. But a guy's got to have some kind of private life, and the way mine is, is like this. Morning, Miss Bradley. Hi there, Squirt. Uh, Quint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How come I always get that wrong? I don't know. What's doing for today? Uh, any mail for me? Oh, matter of fact, yeah. Hey, six of them. Thank you. What is your fatal charm? Those letters have been smelling up the dispatcher's office ever since the mail comes. They're loaded with perfume. And what are you, Takata Don John? Oh, no. These are just pen pals. You know, girls I write to. Why don't you have your mail sent to your house? Are you kidding? Yeah, that's right. I heard about your mother. If you're kind of tied down the way I am, the only chance you get to meet some nice girls is to be a pen pal. I don't give my home address. I mean, Mom might happen on the letters, and I wouldn't want her to think anything about them. I don't want to give her a stroke or nothing. Only this time, boy, the one from Dolores was a rocker. And so, my dear Hubbard, luck or some kind of God made me winner of the weekly sweepstake and gives me enough money to come winging home to you. I shall be able to meet you at last, face to face. I shall be staying at the YWCA. Call me there and tell me when or where I can at last spread my wings and bring you into their shelter. You're more than pen pal, Dolores. What are you so fidgety about, Hubbard? Oh, nothing. It's kind of late. Long past my bedtime. You can turn off my light. You better get off to sleep yourself. Yes, Mom. Good night. Sweet dreams. Same to you. Oh, Mom, if you only knew. Dolores? Oh. Oh, my. You startled me. I thought you weren't coming. I'm sorry I'm late. 
Well, I think I'm made. You are Dolores? Oh, yes. And you're Hubbard. I'd have known you anywhere. Me too. Uh, uh, why don't we sit down? Why not? Uh, did you eat? No, but it doesn't matter. Uh, did you? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. I'll sit and watch you. You don't mind? No, I want to. All right. Maybe I will order. I I don't know if she was pretty. I only know that she was someone who gave me her whole attention. And she didn't ask for anything. I've never, ever been treated by a woman like she did me. Of course, what other woman did I ever really know except Mom? But it felt good. We only had a week, but I made arrangements to speak out and meet her every chance I could. I've never been on a ferry before. We don't have time in the Midwest. It's wonderful. I wish I could do more for you. Oh, you've already done so much. Are you enjoying your visit? Oh, yes. I just wish it could be more than that. So do I. I never thought little Dolores Masterman would ever be dancing in the big city at the Princess Ballroom. Oh, it's so romantic. Yeah. It sure is. And the time goes so fast. A couple of days, I'll have to go back home. Well, I don't want you to do that. How about I have to? I'm out of money. <laughs> have to get back to my job at the flower store. Well, if you go all the way back there, I'll never see you again. I know it. I don't want to. If we were to get married, there'd still be Mom. Well, I wouldn't mind taking care of her or helping. Oh, you don't know, Mom. I don't think she'd go for that. But how do you know? She's never met me. Couldn't you give it a chance? No, I don't think that that's... I didn't tell you yet. I brought her a present, a real nice plant, one of my favorites. I think hemoendorantis might help change her mind. What? I, I don't get you. Oh, Hub, you don't know about plants. They're what kept me alive all these lonely years. The way you can talk to them, the way they respond. I, I still don't follow. Don't you know plants are just like people? You can talk to them and they answer back in the wrong way. You can train them to feel what you want them to feel. It's a scientific fact, like research has shown. And you think a plant is going to talk my mom into believing you and me should get married? <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that exactly, but... Isn't it worth the chance that me meeting her and giving her a nice plant could make it possible for us to be together always? That'll be Dolores now, Mom. I never thought I'd see the day my son would desert me. Oh, Mom. Where did I go wrong to let this woman lead my son astray? Oh, Mom, please, we... I've got to let Dolores in. Such a nice after-dinner coffee. I hate to leave. I think you'd better. Well, no, what, what Mom means, it's her bedtime. Oh, well, I wouldn't dream of overstaying my welcome. I hope you like the plant, Mrs. Quint. Oh, I like the plant well enough. Mom. It's all right, Hub. Naturally, your mother is afraid I'm going to steal you away from her. 
Yes, but you're not. I mean, we can all be together. Of course. Once things are worked out. Well, I'll say goodnight now, Mrs. Quinn, and let you go to bed. I'll take the plant up to your mother's room. It doesn't look like so much now, maybe, but wait till you see it in bloom. Uh, does it have to be watered? No, it finds its own moisture. Goodbye, Mrs. Quince. That's the word, Miss Masterman. Goodbye. Okay, Mom. Anything else? Or shall I turn out the light? Huh? You've turned out all the lights for me. Deserting me for a hussy like that. Mom, she's a nice girl. And anyway, who said I'm deserting you? You better not. You'll never get a penny from me. I never asked that. I just wish you could have liked Dolores better. She brought you a plant. That brownish, hairy, scraggly thing. Does it have to be right by my bed? Dolores said, wait till you see it in bloom. Oh, all right. Leave it and say good night. I'm tired. You've upset me so much. Oh, Mom, she's really a sweet girl. I, I wish you'd give Dolores a chance. A chance? I never want to see her again. Mom got her wish. She never did. The next morning when I brought up her breakfast tray, the first thing I noticed was the plant in full bloom, heavy with blood-red blossoms. The next thing was Mom, whiter than any ghost, with a dry, drained whiteness that made her seem to be made of powder, as if when you touched her, she would turn to that. I didn't even have to put down the tray to know she was dead. Well now, what do you think? A natural death? Or is there something strangely occult, strangely fortuitous in Bertie Quint's death? Certainly, she will be little lamented. She was a horrid woman. But still, she was entitled to die in her own time. Or did some strange force hasten her death? I'll return shortly with Act Two. They said it couldn't be written. The book that hit America like a runaway locomotive. The new Consumer Information Catalog. For the life of me, Foster, your obsession with that book escapes me. It's only a catalog. The book that's helping America find a better way to live. What do you find in that catalog? Something you could never give me, Lillian. More than 200 back-filled federal publications listed inside. Booklets on home and car repairs, weight control, keeping household records, and more. I read them all to be the man you want me to be. That's a lot of reading. The book you have to read from the Consumer Information Center of the U.S. Government. The new Consumer Information Catalog. It's free. Just write to Free Catalog, Pueblo, Colorado, 81009. That's Free Catalog, Pueblo, Colorado, 81009. Send for the book. Don't wait for the movie. has died. Unexpectedly and fortunately for her son Hubbard Quint, fate has suddenly extended to him a freedom that he has secretly longed for and never imagined would be his. Or so it seems. 
But the circumstances of Bertie's precipitous demise puzzled Dr. Ezekiel Harwich, who has known her for half a century. What do you think caused it, Dr. Harwich? I don't know how about... I'm sure her death came as much of a surprise to me as it must have to you. Oh, it, it did? You uh, didn't have any sort of warning? I mean, last night, how was she? Well, she... She was fine by the time she got into bed. She complained of being tired, that's all. Oh, yes. Well, I'm sorry, son, but I'm afraid we're going to have to have an autopsy. An autopsy? What for? Hubbard, I can't sign a death certificate without entering the cause of death. And right now, I don't know what it was. Well, wasn't it just a heart attack? Well, it most definitely wasn't that. Cardiac arrest, yes. But for no evident reason. I'll be able to tell you better after a post-mortem. Then it had better be done. All right, fine. Yeah, that's a handsome plant with red blossoms. I don't think I've ever seen anything more lush and luxuriant. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, I, I, I forget. You'd have to ask Dolores that. Dolores? She gave it to Mom as sort of a peace offering. Oh, Dolores is the young lady you're thinking of marrying, huh? Well, I did, but now, I don't know. Is she the one I saw on the way in, downstairs? Yes. Well, if she's the girl you want, there's nothing to stop you now, is there? I went downstairs with the doctor and saw him off. For the first time, I was free to do what I wanted. I could get married. Except, how could I ride away with Mom still fresh in her grave? How could I dare ask Dolores, who by this miracle of fate could now be mine? No, no, no. Don't move, Hub. Just lie back and let me massage your temples. Hmm? Uh, oh, you poor boy. Oh, I'm not poor anymore. I have you, Dolores. Well... Not for very long, I'm afraid. Why? Oh, Hub, I'm running out of money. I've got to get back to work. You're not going to run away from me. I have to make a living. No, no, you don't. I'll support you. I couldn't take money from you. Well, sure you could. Now that I own the firm and all, I'll be rich. Yes, but I, I couldn't be a, a kept woman. Oh, no, it wouldn't be like that. I, I mean, only... Only till we could get married. Married? Oh, when? When? Well, with Mom just passed away, a year maybe. Six months. You might be tired of me by then. Oh, no, I wouldn't ever be tired of you. Would you be my wife? Oh, Hub, if you asked me, yes. Could, uh, could you wait a couple of weeks? I mean, just till I can... Bury Mom properly. I was in a daze from the moment Dolores said she'd marry me. A kind of golden haze. So much so, I found it hard to understand what Dr. Harwich was trying to tell me the following morning about the autopsy. I never saw anything like it in all my years as a physician. Every red cell in the blood had disappeared. And the remaining white cells seem to have literally dried up the fluid. 
Some kind of incredibly pernicious anemia. I don't know what. None of us do. You, you mean it was some kind of a, a, a disease or something? Some kind, yes. But nothing, so far as I know, that medical science has diagnosed. But uh, I've taken specimens of all the internal organs, arteries, veins, and what remained of the blood fluid, and we'll keep at it and hope to come up with an answer. Is it all right to bury Mom now? Oh, of course, my boy. The death certificate has been issued, and I'm... I'm sorry to bother you with these medical details in the midst of your grief. Oh, no, that wasn't exactly why I asked. I... I just wanted to make sure because I... I'm going to be married. Married? Oh, yes, of course, to that girl, the one who gave your mother that beautiful plant. Yes, Dolores. Well, when are you going to be married? In two weeks. Oh, do you think people will think that's too soon? On our wedding night, we came back to the house. Since Mom's room was the only decently-sized bedroom, it had been decided we would take it for our own. I felt very strange. Not only as a new bridegroom, but being in Mom's own private quarters and looking at the plant while I waited for Dolores to come out of the bathroom, I found that suddenly... On the happiest night in my life, I was afraid. Herb, what are you looking so hangdog about? What? Oh, I was just looking at the plant. What happened to it? All the blossoms fell off. Oh, he's just feeling a bit neglected. We'll have to give him a good feeding and some attention. Won't we, Mama's little darling? Hmm? Just give you a little love to perk you up. And something good to get your little old juices flowing again. <laughs> oh, look at him, Hubbard. Can't you just see how he's sprucing up? Dolores, it's, uh... Do we have to have that... That, uh... What, what did you call him? Well, his technical name is Hema Endurantis, but... I just call him Casanova for short. Casanova? Mm-hmm. But that isn't any shorter... No, but it fits him. The world's greatest lover. Aren't you, baby mine? You mean it's in love with you? Well, sure he is. I taught him. I've had him ever since he was a cutting. Didn't I tell you you could talk to plants and teach them almost anything? Oh, you can. Dolores, please, it's our wedding night. Can't we take the plant out of here? Oh, of course, dear. It wouldn't do at all to have him here all night. Now, where shall we put him? Let me take him down to the solarium. Oh, yes, that would be just right. But be careful of him. I will. I'd never forgive you if anything happened to him. Okay. I'll treat him with kid gloves. The only gloves I wanted to use on Himi Genie or whatever his Latin name was were eight-ounce ones. Or my bare fists. Some heck of a note that I finally get to my wedding night and find myself jealous of a plant. Looking back, it's hard to remember when Dolores changed. A little bit right away after we were married. 
And then more after she got things all straight about the business. I thought your mother was going to leave everything to you, like she said in her letters. Well, she did. Not the way I heard the lawyer we just left tell it. Well, what do you mean? Mr. Riddle said the business was left to you with the provision that Mr. Bell continued to run it till his retirement or death. Well, that's right. He's always managed it ever since my father died. Your father left the burglar alarm company to your mother? Yes. And she hired Mr. Bell? Yes. Well, didn't you know enough to run it? Well, uh, yes. Well, then why didn't she put you in charge? Well, Mr. Bell had seniority and he... I guess that's the way Mom wanted it. Mm-hmm. To keep you under her thumb. Well, your mama's dead now, and we're going to change a few things. Well, change what? As of now, Mr. Bell is out. Why should we share any profits with him? But he can't be out. It says in Mom's will that if he If we to... can't push him out, we'll find some other way to get rid of him. more coffee, Mr. Bell? Uh, that was a good dinner, but it's time for me to be getting along. Uh, you live all alone, I understand. <laughs> Just an old bachelor. Oh, well, then I'll have to give you a present to keep you company. Uh, darling, would you fetch Casanova? The plan? Yes, dear. And please don't keep Mr. Bell waiting. Well, uh, what's going on here? Oh, just a little present for you. A very special plant called Hema endurantis. Hema? <laughs> That's a mouthful for you. <laughs> yes, isn't it? But uh, I don't need a plant. Oh, you need this one. Believe me, Mr. Bell, do you know a plant like this you can talk to and he'll give you an affection you can't believe? Uh, yeah. Just put him by your bedside for tonight. And you'll know what I mean by morning. Here's your boyfriend. Oh, that plant don't look like much. Well, you just keep him close to you, and he'll surprise you. Won't you, baby mine? Aren't you going to take care of Mr. Bell? Well, I, I don't think please, I really need you. Please don't refuse me. Take him home. You'll be surprised the difference he'll make in your life. I didn't quite know what she meant by that. I had this shivery feeling that I didn't want to know. There was something going on underneath, hidden, inhuman. And I realized it had to do with Dolores and a spell she had thrown over me. So I wasn't surprised at all when I called in the following day at lunch to the dispatcher, Ms. Bradley. Quint Burglar Alarms. It's Hub Quint, Ms. Bradley. I finished up the Claridge job. Have you got any assignments? Oh, am I glad you called in. We've been looking for you. What? How come? It's Mr. Bell. We need you back here right away. Why? To take over the office. Mr. Bell is dead. What? He didn't come in this morning. Didn't answer his phone. So I went over to his house. I found him still in his bed. Dead. Well, how? Well, that's what no one seems to know. Police, doctors, no one. Tell me something, Miss Bradley. Did he have a plant near his bed? A plant? Oh, yeah. A big, gorgeous one with bright red flowers and long trailing stuff. I was afraid of that. Uh, listen, is his house open? No. After everyone left, I closed up and took the key. Do you have it with you now? Yeah. 
Then meet me there right away. I want to see just what happened for myself. I hung up, sick to my stomach. All morning I'd refused to believe it, ever since I'd gone to the library and had the librarian translate what hemoenteritis meant. Blood eating, blood sucking, a vampire. That's what the plant was. And if Mr. Bell's death showed the same symptoms as Mom's, where was I? What could I prove? Who was going to believe me? And worst of all, what was the woman I married? I promised you in the beginning it might get rather horrendous. Can we really suppose that a plant has actually sucked the lifeblood from two people to preserve its own existence? Or that a woman has really used this obscene way to achieve her own selfish desires? For all answers, I refer you to the third act, which will follow shortly. I mentioned that tongue twister not to display my erudition, but because I looked it up in the dictionary. It's the Latin name for a cannibal plant that snares and eats flies. And there are sea anemones that devour small fish. What started me on this train of thought was Hubbard Quint's conviction that Hemoederentus, his wife's king plant, had been responsible for two deaths. Was it possible that the English name for it, blood eater, was literally a true one. My head was splitting. I felt I must be going out of my mind. But once the thought was planted there, I shuddered at the mention of the word plant. I knew it had to be disproved or my life was over. I had to see Mr. Bell for myself before I took any further steps. Mr. I've been waiting for you. You didn't have to wait outside, Miss Bradley. No, I didn't feel like waiting inside, but look at corpse and all. Yes, I understand. Do you have the key? Yeah, right here. Uh, you, you want to go in first? Oh, after you. Where is he? In the bedroom. That last door to the right. Uh, should I come with you? Well, whatever you want. That's him. In the bed. I didn't expect anyone else. Oh, I've seen some dead people in my time. Family, friends, you know. But I never seen a deceased so white. And dry-like. I mean, it's like you could blow on him and he'd just disappear like powder. She was right. He was white and somehow shrunken. Against the brilliance of the red blossoms on the plant beside the bed, he seems even more terribly dead than he was. If there is any way of being more than dead, what was it? Then I knew. He looked already embalmed with all the blood drawn from his veins. the doctor who saw him? I didn't know anyone else to call, so I called your doctor. Ezekiel Harwich? Yeah. 
Did they do something wrong? No, no, no. No, Miss Bradley, you did exactly right. Come on, I'll, I'll drop you at the office and go visit the doctor. But first... What are you doing? I'm taking this plant with me. It belongs to my wife. I'd just like to make sure she wants it back. Well, I don't see anything particularly unusual about the plant, Hubbard. I mean, it doesn't appear to be poisonous in itself. But uh, then I'm not a botanist. But, Dr. Howitz, you don't think it had anything to do with Mom's and Mr. Bell's death? Uh, indirectly, perhaps. Well, how? How, um... How much do you know about your wife's background, Hubbard? Could she perhaps have lived in the tropics or South America? No, I don't think so. She never said. Why? Because I have some of the same ideas as you have. Oh, I haven't had the autopsy report yet, but I'm almost totally convinced that Mr. Bell died of the same thing your mother did. The symptoms are too special and startling. What are you trying to say, Doctor? Well, I'm simply saying that I'd like your wife to come into my office for an examination. Whether or not she has spent any time in the tropical zones or any alien area, she may be carrying some infectious disorder as a host without uh, knowing of it or having it affect her. What, the Lord? Oh, yes. So please urge her to come to me or, or at least go through a series of tests at the hospital. What about the plan? <laughs> it's not a tropical one, and I doubt that the vegetable world can invade the human one quite yet. Still, if I were you, I'd burn the thing. If only to get the connection off your mind. Hello? Is that you? Yes. Well, what are you doing home so soon? Mr. Bell. He's dead. Not exactly. He died in his bed. In his sleep. Hard? No. What are you looking at? What? It's my... Cantaloupe, my plant. Where did you get it? Right beside Mr. Bell's bed. The one he died in. Oh, dear. I hope the poor man had a chance to enjoy him. Oh, look. He's blooming again. Yes. Just like after Mom died. What makes this plant bloom, Dolores? Oh, the same as any other. Care, proper feeding, enough sun, water. Water. Is that the only liquid? What others are there for a plant? Blood. Blood? What would happen if I broke one of the stems here? What would it bleed, white or red? Well, why don't you try for yourself and see? Right, I will. <clears throat> Nothing. Already it's beginning to dry up and the flowers starting to wither. What kind of a plant is this, Dolores? A wildflower I found in the woods brought it home and cultivated. What woods? Where? Mom and Mr. Bell 
They both died the same way. And this plant is right by their bedsides. What do you say? I don't know, Dolores. I'm so mixed up. I... There was something wrong about the way Mom and Mr. Lyle died. And you gave this plant to both of them. Are you suggesting I had anything to do with their death? I'm only trying to face facts. Oh, Hub, darling. Let's not talk anymore now. We are both upset and you're desperately tired. Let's just have dinner and a good sleep and tomorrow maybe we can face things more sensibly. I stuck the darn plant on the mantle and found I was shivering. I lit the fire, which was already made, and went to stretch on my big armchair, and before I knew it, I was asleep. It was late when Dolores awoke me, and we had an almost silent dinner. After we cleaned up and were on our way to bed, we passed through the living room. I saw the plant. The blossoms were gone, dried up, as if they'd never been. What is it, huh? Look at it. It's gorged itself, and now it's looking around for another victim. What? The plant, the plant. Oh, how will you forget about that silly thing and go to bed? I'm going back to the kitchen to get us a nice hot toddy to put us both to sleep. To put us both to sleep. Just me, maybe. And the plant is looking for its next victim. Me? Why not? It will complete the cycle and leave my wife with everything. First mom, then Mr. Bell, then me. No, I wouldn't take a chance on that. There was one way to stop it. By the time Dolores came back with the hot drinks, Pimoretta Rentis was almost reduced to ashes. Clear the drinks, huh? My, what makes the fire so bright? Your friend, Casanova. I burned him up. No! My favorite! I can't replace him! were confirmed. I glanced at the drinks and even doubted then. As Dolores bent over the fire, I quickly switched their positions on the tray and was drinking what appeared to be mine when Dolores turned on me furiously. Why did you burn my favorite plant? I don't think I have to answer that. You with your silly superstitions and the terrible things you accuse me of. I won't have you in my bed. You can sleep in your old room. And I promise you, this is the last night we spend together in this house. I let her storm away to bed. Then I went upstairs to my old room. I wasn't sleepy, only emotionally drained and exhausted as I lay there in a semi-coma.
I don't know how much time had passed before I heard my door open stealthily. In some reflected glow from the moon or perhaps the streetlight, I could see Dolores' figure outlined as she came towards me. She swayed as she walked, as if fighting asleep, as I'm sure she was, since she had my drink instead of her own. I lay still and kept breathing evenly as she looked down at me. Well, quite so. 
But then, I've never been locked in a Bermuda Triangle or seen a UFO, for sure, or experienced teletransportation or reincarnation. I'll be back shortly. If you...